Welcome to Stu's EV Universe, where you can find anything and everything electric vehicle. Welcome to Stu's EV Universe. Today we have the pleasure of welcoming Grant Inge, who has been in the car repair business for 16 years. Grant is a certified Mercedes and master certified Mini, and he's been following EV technology for the past decade or so, both here and in the UK. Welcome to the show, Grant. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, just to start out, uh, you uh, work at Jefferson Community Technical College. And can you tell me a little bit about your work at JCTC? And I guess a little bit like uh, what your typical day is like. Yeah, okay. So um, I'm actually an alum of the program. I went there in, in 2006 or seven. Okay. Um, and went through the, the automotive program there. From there went to, uh, went on to, to work at some dealerships. Uh, long story short, I'm back there now teaching. One of my instructors is still there. Now he's my coworker, which is, has, has been fun. Right. But yeah, so, I mean, basically we teach kind of everything um, uh, towards like the ASC um, automotive service excellence. Um, that's like our uh, testing. That's how we measure success basically is by the end of it, if you can pass an ASC test. Um, you've been successful. Uh, we teach basically everything uh, mechanical, except for, uh, so we're, we're getting into the electric vehicles kind of as we speak. It, admittedly, like a lot of other community colleges um, and really other technical colleges, we're, we're probably about 10 years behind <laughs> on, okay. um, on EV stuff. But we have the, the opportunity here to catch up pretty quick, I believe. I mean, how many students are, are in the program typically? So uh, between all of our programs, we have about 150 students. We have a, a Toyota program. We have a Mercedes program. I'm part of uh, the general automotive program, which includes Mopar. Um, so basically anything Mopar, they've just, anything Stellantis. I don't know if you've been keeping up with, with that merger but I think that makes them like the, the third biggest car company by volume. And uh, I mean, I, I know that you, you all are, are pretty um, proactive as far as the EV space. And uh, I guess if you can maybe just tell us a little bit about how you're changing your program to address EVs coming into the market. You know, there's been lots and lots of announcements that uh, different car companies are gonna be switching over. Uh, I mean, those announcements have been coming for a while, but absolutely late, lately it seems like there's there's a bit more seriousness to them, and and we're seeing things like the you know the Mustang Mach E coming out and and you know being at dealers, and we're seeing them you know out in the in uh, in the wild. So it seems like it is happening, and I know been working real hard trying to keep their and they have been keeping their numbers up as far as production numbers, deliveries. But then it kind of makes you wonder. With all of that work going into, you know, the EV companies uh, and new EV companies producing these vehicles with legacy automakers, um, you know, producing these vehicles and in some instances starting to produce these vehicles, is the repair side of it kind of lagging behind? Uh, is that kind of a missing piece? I think right at this very moment, it is. I think... <laughs> I think we still, you know, they've put a date on on 
lots of companies have put an actual kind of drop dead date on on internal combustion stuff. Uh, the UK, you know, Britain has done it, and I think actually pretty recently, as far as uh, since Biden, Biden has even put a number. I believe it's 2035 is kind of the when they're going to shoot for stopping selling regular passenger internal combustion stuff. I kind of hope that's the case, but but as far as the technical side of it, yeah, I think we have some catching up to do. I, I think we kind of weren't paying attention as a as a, a group, uh, not the school, just um, as Americans. I think this is gonna, if we don't catch up with it right now, it's gonna uh, catch us off guard. I believe. Right, right. What kinds of things are you doing currently, and what kinds of things do you have plans for as far as making that switch over? So basically, our our plans are to partner with manufacturers the manufacturers at a manufacturer level such as mercedes toyota they are really with the recent merger of uh, stellantis that would uh fiat chrysler automobiles just kind of got bought out or, or taken over by the peugeot citroen group in europe and peugeot citroen have been doing evs for a long time and they've gotten pretty good at it so i'm hoping that that merger will bring some of those uh, European-designed EVs this way uh, on this side of the, the, the ocean. And where that helps us out is our partnership with formerly FCA. Hopefully we can partner with them and go to get their dealer-level training for us as instructors on electric vehicles and then pass it down to uh, student bio right. classes. That's hope Hopefully that's the plan. The, the great thing about EVs is as a as a car they don't they still do car stuff so you know brakes tires suspension they're not reinventing the wheel as far as that goes so we don't have to relearn everything <laughs> right and if actually what they're saying is true i mean we're talking on on derby morning so the last big uh switchover in transportation i would i would argue was horses to cars and yeah. ice cars to evs is is <laughs> Much less of a, a, a jolt, if you will, but but it is still going to be something because I mean there's a, a dramatic reduction in parts. Oh yeah, in EVs. There's so many things that I mean. For example, you know, I'll, I my my son um, used to have a Ford uh, Fusion uh, gas car, mm -hmm. and I would bring it to the local mechanic pretty regularly because things would go wrong and they would sort of look out and they knew me because they knew I had the ocean blue leaf, you know, and mm -hmm. they would just look at the car and they would ask questions from time to time. And I think uh, they, it was a kind of a mixture of curiosity and dread, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because they never saw that car in their repair shop, you right. know, because nothing, honestly, nothing went wrong with it. You know, there is that kind of, you know, switch. And, and I'm not saying, like you said, there are things that are common, uh, and there are going to be things that are specific to EVs that do go wrong. But there are the, I would kind of guess that there are the general maintenance things like oil changes and rotors because of regenerative braking. Right. Those kinds of things are either not going to happen or happen so infrequently that, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a big change. It is. Um, you know, like oil change places, you know, uh, what's going to happen there. So 
I'm just going to have to turn into like solar chargers. <laughs> yeah, something. That's right. I mean, it's, it is a, a situation where folks are going to have to, businesses are going to have to think on their feet or kind of get left behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one thing I wanted to do that I haven't done on this podcast yet, and uh, I'm kind of excited about is I, I put a question out there for listeners about what kinds of problems they've had with their EVs, if they've had problems at all. Yeah. And I got a number of answers. Uh, I, I got a lot of answers, actually, and I won't be able to go through all of them. But I did want to read a few of them out. And maybe after I'm done with each or or after a, a two or three of them, maybe there's we can use them as a jumping off point for for some additional discussion. Um, Daryl C. Uh, mentioned he has a Ford 2014 Ford Focus electric. And he mentioned that the 12 volt battery went out and it caused all sorts of lights and different things going on. Um, I guess he wasn't keeping up with filling the battery with fluids. So he took it to Pep Boys, he said, and he they put in a sealed battery to replace it. And mm -hmm. I know leaf owners also I, I get. Uh, you know, I get a number of calls every year about fellow Leaf owners. I have a 2011 Nissan Leaf um, saying, oh, my God, what's wrong with my car? It's freaking out and it's doing all these strange things. And it's sort of a joke in the Leaf community that almost everything has to do with your 12-volt battery going bad. Yeah. And um, indeed, that's what it was with with me the last time and what it was with, with Daryl. And interesting story i mean i brought it to autozone down the street for me and uh you know i said oh i need my battery tested and there was a young guy there and he was very intrigued when i said i had an electric car a nissan leaf and uh there were two or three people working there he said i want to take care of this one <laughs> he <laughs> he got me a deal on the battery because he just wanted to get out it was a nice day mm -hmm. um you know put the battery in and he was like you know a few years ago because he loves tinkering with cars and he loves everything cars. He has some, you know, kind of souped up cars himself. And he's like, a few years ago, I would have just kind of shrugged this all off. He says, but now it really intrigues me. Kate S. said she has a 2019 Chevy Bolt. And after owning it for about six months, I was plagued by calls from the dealership. I won't say which dealership uh, to get my free oil change, which is funny. And can relate to that it's sort of like they're not they didn't get the memo that right. evs don't need oil changes you know yeah, they're just on a list so yeah you're on a list by the dealer yeah but but for an ev owner that that's it's funny but it's also you know a little odd and right. she said i decided to go ahead and schedule a free tire rotation instead to give the service department business relatively early in the pandemic it was fine we had a couple of recalls and um she said that the person that was going to do the recalls was off uh, that day. And then she actually went on with a, a bunch of other messages, <laughs> basically saying how bad the service was. They, they asked her to come in early, and she did, and she missed appointments. And they kind of told her the wrong thing. The person wasn't in or the parts weren't in. And it was just really a bad experience with the service department, which is kind of a shame, you know. But again, a legacy auto you know, automobile shop um, that is, you know, all of a sudden selling electric cars, you know? Right. And then there's Virgil G. This one's interesting. 2013 Leaf, around 90,000 miles, had a power distri distribution module, PDM, go bad. It was $3,500 at the dealership. 
So he replaced that, and uh, he says, I used to do all my own repairs when I owned an ICE, so this cost was quite a shock. So I don't want to give the false impression that nothing ever goes wrong with EVs, because sometimes they do, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that kind of brings me to, you know, what kinds of things do you see as far as having problems? I, you know, this, this one was something that's kind of a new one to me. These two Leafs that have needed the onboard charger replaced, which is not a cheap or uh, simple thing to do. Um, I think we're past having battery packs replaced because the chemistry is, is rock solid in those now. But what kinds of things do you see? You know, um, some people talk about EVs as being rolling computers, you know? What so kinds of things you, do you... I mean, yeah. so that back with the, the first guy with the 12-volt the battery, I mean, so... You and you mentioned battery battery chemistry. The high right. voltage stuff is getting pretty good, but as far as twelve volt batteries go, those haven't really changed much in forever. I mean, uh, right. they use a lead acid, um, you know, filled uh, battery. You and of course you can you can purchase like a lithium ion twelve volt battery, but they're not really designed. Uh, they haven't really perfected them for the 12 volt um, side of things yet. Okay. Um, but yeah, and you mentioned a gel battery. Those are a little bit better. They have what's called a, an AGM battery, which is an absorbed gas mat. But all of those are still, they still work the same. They're still kind of an old technology. Um, just one of them is spillable and the other one really isn't spillable. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, the twelve volt battery will, will definitely let a, a vehicle down. Um, uh, even uh, so, like my wife's hybrid vehicle, um, with the twelve volt battery went in it, and it kind of was um, useless. Even though really, it it only uses that twelve volt battery to uh, it doesn't even use it to start the the internal combustion engine in a Prius. It just right. uses it for accessories and stuff that runs off twelve volts and not hundreds of volts. Right. Um, but yeah, so that I trust that um, right as I got out of, I mean, right as I left, I've been out of the dealership life for uh, the past few years, um, right as uh, when I worked for Mini, Mini had just released a um, plug-in hybrid that used an electric motor for the rear wheels um, and the internal combustion engine powered the front wheels. So as far as personal experience, um, on working on EVs, I, I, I personally don't have uh, much, but I trust that companies like Mercedes, um, BMW, uh, some of the more complicated, expensive companies will find a way to, to complicate um, the EV and not make it um, unreliable, but, but stuff, I, I trust that, that things will break. Um, right. <laughs> Right. Anything mechanical or electronic. Um, I think it's definitely going to be a cleaner vehicle. Obviously, you know, no pun intended as far as cleaner for the environment, but it's going to be a cleaner vehicle to work on also. Right. Um, that's not going to be so many opportunities to, to get oil um, spilled all over you and, and mess up your your floor and your shop and all that stuff. Right. But, right. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the computing stuff um, and sensors, uh, we've definitely had members talk about 
cameras going bad so that those will need yeah. to be replaced things like that let's see a, a couple more of these listener comments jason c has a volt a chevy volt and uh, he said a, a few coolant level issues had all the fluid replaced and they underfilled again lots of service high voltage warnings but solved via youtube and scanner so i think another thing we're finding is that with evs like with ice cars uh, some people really like to grab the reins if you will and and want to see if they can do something themselves and with, the, with youtube and the technology we have these days sometimes that's possible quentin y says 2017 prius prime which is a, a plug-in hybrid mm -hmm. uh, no issues and love every bit but i'm saddened about the lack of knowledge at the dealerships Every time I go to the dealership, all the employees look at my car like it's a unicorn and ask what the car does. I've had to rely on Facebook groups and Evolve KY for tips and education. Again, something that hopefully will change or is changing, uh, but we get a lot of comments like that. Let's see. This one's great. Jerry W, 2020 Model 3 standard range Tesla, owned for 14 months with 26,000 miles. No service needed other than tire rotation. So that's great when you hear that uh, because nothing is going wrong. Let's see. Scotty P didn't have as much luck. Uh, 2015 Model S 70D, main battery failure, door handle failure, coolant leak, 12-volt failure, washer fluid pump failure. All were resolved by Tesla, some by mobile service, uh, some by going to Cincinnati. Main battery failure took one to two weeks to resolve. Coolant leak took three to four days to resolve. The rest were done by mobile service in a few hours. But the appointment was usually one to two weeks out from when I scheduled. No longer has the 2015 Model S, but has a 2018 Model 3 long range. No issues so far. So that's another interesting thing is that with Tesla, I don't really know if, if this was around in the ice world, but there's mobile service. Right. There are these Tesla Rangers and actually, a JCTC graduate that I was the Louisville rep for a while for was a ranger here in Louisville and, and this general area. I might have been all of Kentucky a few years back and now works for Tesla out in the California area. But he had some great things to say about, about JCTC. And um, so that's interesting. You know, I mean, um, one of the issues that we're having is that uh, some states don't allow service centers for Teslas. That's probably a whole other episode right, right. there. Yeah. And that makes it harder for folks uh, when something is going wrong if they own a Tesla. Right. So I think the mobile, that's a whole nother. Yeah, I was going to bring up the, the mobile techs. That's definitely becoming more of a thing, even in internal combustion. Like you'll see guys driving around in, in a van that'll say mobile, you know, mobile technician. Right. They'll they'll even, you know, be doing jobs as, as big as um, timing belts or, you know, some some bigger jobs just in your driveway. Um, right. But, yeah, as far as the mobile techs, I remember when I worked when I was a technician at, at Mini, I was there was a Long John Silver's or something next door. And I went over there for lunch and uh, one of those the mobile the the uh, mobile Tesla technicians, I mean, had this this Tesla like the interior of it pretty much all the way apart in the parking lot of this uh, seats out, dashboard out, just stuff everywhere. Right. <laughs> in the parking lot of this Long John Silver's. Pretty funny. I talked to the guy for a little bit and, you know, he he loved what he was what he was doing. It was a cool job. Right. Um, 
but yeah, I think as far as a, as an automotive industry, we're going to find, um, jobs. Um, the job might not look the same as it does right now, but there's going to be jobs fixing, um, these, these vehicles for sure. They're just going to be different kinds of repairs. Um, whether it's com com repairs with a computer or, you know, I don't really exactly know what that's going to look like in, in 10 years, but the jobs will be out there. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like um, what you're doing at JCTC is the same thing happening at other technical colleges, or do you feel at this point that you're ahead of the curve? Um, I would feel like at this moment, we're kind of all, most of us that are, we're in the same boat, especially kind of on this side of the, the country. Um, right. You go out west, and you might. I bet this the story is a little different. Yeah, somebody earlier in one of your earlier podcasts, somebody uh, quoted Mark Twain saying about the end of the world in Kentucky. And um, <laughs> yes, that's. I feel like that pretty often um, with with you know stuff like this EV technology. Um, you know, sometimes I don't want to get into it, but basic human rights. I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, right. But yeah, so I uh, we're going to get there quickly. Uh, I think we have it's been a um, we've had a bit of a, a slow start, uh, but we're going to get to where we need to be pretty quickly. Right. Uh, let me get to a couple more. I have a couple more of these. Uh, Rick S. Um, this is a long one. He um, had a 2018 Model Three long range rear wheel, rear wheel drive. Um, it was an early car. I think he, his was one of the first ones here in Louisville. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, uh, you got to give Tesla credit because they're doing something. <laughs> it's a Herculean effort and oh, yeah. something that no other U.S. automaker has done in a long time, which is, you know, scaling up to make these vehicles. Um and uh, so he had a host of problems with uh, that car. He says, I had a minor sticking door handle issue fixed by mobile, wiper issue fixed by mobile, software issue causing nav not to work uh, fixed at Cincy. Um, then he sold the Model 3 and he bought a 2017 Model X 100D. Uh, and he had the... Uh, Computer upgrade done, hardware three. So you must be looking at the full self-driving mm -hmm. uh, done at Cincy. Um, both front half shafts, half shafts replaced for known shutter issue with the X in Cincy. Key fob stopped communicating with car, uh, mobile. All brakes, rotors replaced in Cincy. Um, tow hitch trim piece replaced, mobile, second row seats, easy access switch replaced, mobile, twisted seat belt fixed, mobile, steering, eye shaft link replaced in Cincy, and scheduled service for May to replace Falcon wing door top glass due to premature deterioration of the rubber trim. And I guess he says, yes, you have to replace the whole glass piece for a rubber <laughs> trim strip, uh, also in Cincy. And then he goes on to say, that's a lot more service than I originally envisioned, but I can, can't say enough about the knowledge and professionalism of both the mobile service guys and the advisors at the Cincinnati Service Center. 
Uh, keeping in mind the relative newness of Tesla as a car company, I have no complaints. The reward for the service center visits and the inconvenience is the thrill and the joy of getting back behind the wheel and driving this amazing vehicle. And despite all of the issues I've experienced, these are the best two vehicles I've ever owned. So you have, you know, some Tesla folks that are just really diehard, you know, and even with issues, um, it, they're kind of rooting for the underdog in a way, you know? Absolutely. Um, and you know, it's it's a pretty good gig too because these are great cars. <laughs> so you're not rooting for the underdog in a, in in a bad car. Uh, these are pretty amazing. You know, I think people feel invested in these EVs in a big way. For sure. Um, you know, and Tesla um, really disrupted the the everything about the automotive world. Um, right. The training aspect of it because they have their own uh, training facilities also. Okay. Um, and the the dealership things, the being able to update software, you know, over the through the thin air, you know, over the internet. Whereas I still I still think every other company, most other companies, to do any kind of software update, you're going to have to go to a a dealer and and get that done. Right. I don't think Tesla are able to update everything like that, but they're able to to do a fair amount over the the internet which is pretty neat is that what you think is going to be the what the future looks like as far as everything being done off over the air as far as software yeah i, I would say anything where they're able to do it over you know over the internet uh without having the customer come into a dealer i think right. they're going to do that i know that um i believe that you've applied for a grant for tesla to you know, have your guys do some work. Yeah. As you know, far as their, their website goes, they are, I don't know how active the, their search is, but they're looking for, um, you know, uh, schools to, to get into the training, Tesla training um, opportunity. Um, and yeah, we've, we've, we've applied for that. And, you know, we're just uh, waiting to hear back from Elon, I guess. <laughs> right. It, it, it's sort of like both things go hand in hand and it's great to have, you know, a, a great experience with your car, but all of a sudden that great experience can be less of a great experience if you're having issues with service. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I think under warranty there, Tesla is able to adjust a lot of these things and uh, adjust a lot of these things at low or no cost, um, which is great. Yeah. But uh, with more used vehicles on the road, do you think that, it's going to be basically the dealer model. I mean, is our Tes is Tesla going to be in charge of just fixing Teslas? Is Chevy going to be in charge of just fi fixing Chevys? Or what what happens to the the local mechanic down the street? Right. Know? I mean, I think there's still going to be, and just kind of by law, I think there's going to be some support for um, the independent shops. Like right now, an independent shop could can buy. Um, any kind of service information they want uh, right. on just about any vehicle. And, you know, it, that, that type of stuff gets expensive. I mean, people uh, wonder why, you know, shop labor rate is $130, $150 an hour. And it's right. because, you know, stuff is expensive. And it's it starts at the top. It starts with the, the manufacturers and just, you know, having yearly access to any um, shop information that you need is expensive for a shop. And so, yeah, that basically that will be um, that information will be out there for independent shops. that just have to purchase it. 
Right. Right. Now, uh, I guess my last uh, letter thing is uh, from Glenn S. Uh, he praises Tesla service. I know he's got a lot of things done uh, under warranty. He's on his second uh, Tesla Model S. But just like so many people, I mean, it's almost like a broken record. We hear this so much uh, is issue with no service center in Kentucky that makes it inconvenient at times and shouldn't be that way. Um, do you think that's going to change? I mean, um, I think so. You see it. There's it. You just see it. I mean, I live um, kind of German, you know, towards downtown Germantown uh, in, in Louisville here. OK. And you just see ton I mean, I see tons of Teslas. Right. And it, it just makes no sense that there's the closest place is 100 miles away. Yeah, we get a lot of folks that are concerned about that because, you know, your experience, but imagine Eastern Kentucky. Right. Uh, we have a member that lives out in uh, Harlan, Kentucky. You know, it's just super inconvenient if yeah. there's any sort of problem. You know, there is nothing close. And I, right. I think that she's had some serious issues because... And it kind of tests your <laughs> tests your resolve a bit, you know, because yeah. you're loving the car, and you know, chances are you're not going to have many problems, if any problems. I mean, there are definitely folks out there that don't have any problems for the longest time, you know. Mm -hmm. But you know, just like anything electrical or mechanical, there will be issues from time to time. Yeah. And uh, you want to be to you know know that you can take care of it uh, in a timely fashion. So. Right. Yeah. Oh, and, and the other thing with JCTC, we're thrilled that you all, um, I believe it was the first college that uh, you host uh, our EV chargers there. You have a dual yeah. charger in your parking lot. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was great I, at, at the ribbon cutting there for that. Um, and we're hoping that more and more colleges in, you know, in Kentucky are going to get EV chargers as well. Do you think the charger piece has a place in in what you're doing as far as education with the students? Absolutely. As far as I mean that you could right, as far as like even install installing them. Uh, also, I was going to mention to you that we have a I don't I'm sure you, you knowing Telly, um, yep. we have a, a tech campus also and that's where the the all of the cars and we have a welding um, course and plumbing, all kinds of technical programs down there. And um, we, I've been talking to Telly about getting a, a charger installed on the tech campus because we eventually are going to have a, a handful of EVs down there, which most of the time we, they're, they're going to be inside and we can just plug them in you know, to the wall. Or um, once they're on our campus, they're not really good cars anymore. We can't drive them on the road. Um, right. But yeah, so uh, we've been talking about getting a couple um, chargers installed in the employee parking and then maybe one on the, the student side. Because um, I've been I've been personally looking at um, first gen Leafs because my commute is about six miles total. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Um, so I could almost like get a, a e-bike and, and do it. <laughs> but right. Um, but yeah, having a charger in the in the in the in the tech parking employee parking lot would be a game changer. I could uh, go buy a kind of a worn out uh, Leaf <laughs> or, or yeah. worn out electric car and that only gets a few miles to a charge, and I'd be fine. Right, right. 
Yeah, and you can get get them at great prices. So yeah, yeah, the Leafs are are pretty good uh, value for money. My parents just bought a 2020 uh, Bolt. Mm -hmm. uh, it was brand new. It's obviously been sitting on a lot a while. Um, but got a there's just so many. They had a great deal on it. Just incredible deal. Uh, basically, they paid. They it was out the door. I think they paid twenty twenty two thousand dollars, and it had four hundred miles on it with an MSRP of thirty eight thousand um, dollars. Just crazy, and I don't understand why more people aren't aren't jumping on the on those deals. No, it's an amazing deal, and and uh, yeah, we hear about those because they're coming out with the new models and yeah. they're, they're uh, you know, liquidating what they have. Yeah. Um, and some states have amazing incentives. I don't. I don't think Kentucky does. Um, but <laughs> no. yet you add that on top, and it's even a, a more amazing deal. One other thing that I, I know I was talking to Telly about was um, the idea of EV conversions. Yeah. And maybe the idea of that as a a learning tool. Yeah, that would. I'm I'm super into that, and we've kind of been toying with that idea. The, and your last, I think it was the your your last guest, man. He really, like, he's been in it deep for forever. Uh, right. As far as the conversion Jr. Yeah. 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 Like he had some amazing stories about. I would I would hazard a guess that basically nobody knew people were electric vehicle swapping stuff back then. <laughs> right. Right. Um, it was the only way to you could do it. Yeah. If you wanted to do it, for right. sure. They were basically just like golf carts. Um, right that look like cars but the um so yeah anyway the, i we would love to do that and um honestly we would love to find somebody to um basically sponsor something like that we have plenty our budget's fine to do um kind of our daily um chores and daily tasks as a automotive department um and the EV, uh, just swapping something into an EV would be a great learning um, kind of extracurricular activity for us. But I, I, it would deplete our our, our working day-to-day -day budget. Right. Um, but if, if there's, you know, I, I don't, you know, uh, if there's anybody that would want to sponsor that and put their name all over it, we would be for sure into that. Um, I think there's some good social media content that could come out of that um and, and get somebody's name out there yeah and some of these there are there are companies not not anywhere local but like in the west coast that that's what they do they, yeah. they they have classic cars and they convert them to evs and um quite expensive um yeah, there's but, one in particular that does some amazing stuff right right but it's it's neat that that's still out there i know um I approached one of the Evolve KY members uh, a couple times about, because he converted a Porsche 914 to be electric. Mm -hmm. And he was one of our early members. And he's a great guy. And I, I approached him a couple times about possibly doing something. And he, he looked at me like I was crazy. Because I, I guess it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. And it's an expensive thing to do. And uh, he's quite a rational person, and he's like, "Why would you want to do that when you could buy something uh, already done?" You know. Yeah. Um, but I think for the educational yeah. purposes, that would be really neat. I think that would that would really drive the point home that you know you can do something like that. I so, agree. Uh, I, and so yeah. the, I looked into it a little bit, and there are some some vehicles. Uh, the one that pop that pops into my head is the Mazda RX-8. 
Uh-huh. Um, not a great uh, internal combustion engine car. It is a great right. car, but as right. far as reliability goes, it has a rotary engine in it, um, and they're, you can buy them um, blown up or, or you know, not running fairly <laughs> right. cheaply. Um, and they're a rear-wheel drive, manual transmission, and they, they, they're kind of a perfect uh, – they make a kit for them. So okay. if, if it's a car that we could buy a kit for – that was that's going to save us a lot of time and, and probably a lot of fabrication and money, right? And I feel right. like that would make the uh, the dream a little bit easier uh, reality is if we could buy something that the R and D is already done because like we're not R and D people, you know, we're we are uh, technicians, <laughs> right? Right, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, was was there anything else that you wanted to touch on or? Uh, I don't think so. I think if anybody okay. wants to, if there's anybody out there that wants to get, you know, has a way of, uh, that thinks they can help us get involved, um, I I would encourage you to reach out and, you know, talk to us. Uh, okay. Give us some ideas. And as far as the EV thing goes, we're pretty, like I said, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty fresh on it, um, but we're, we're going to hit the ground running. So if there's anybody out there that can give us a hand, we would, we will take it. <laughs> That sounds great. Yeah, I, I really appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, and, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, good to be All here. Right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stu's EV Universe. I would like to thank Eden Unger for creating the artwork and the music for this episode. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe, and share, as that's the only way we can continue to grow. Now you can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash EVU. Remember, the EV revolution runs on your energy. I'm Stuart Unger. See you next time.